So hello and welcome to Saladcast uh, for episode 19 this season. And, uh, I'm on my own again. Well, not on my own. I'll come to that in a minute. But poor Ollie. Um, yes, he's, he's obviously three weeks into having a baby and a, and a few struggles this week. So um, I told him to watch the Grand Prix with his little lad um, for the first time and enjoy the weekend off. And I'll talk to someone else who was mad enough to make a trip up to Carlisle on Saturday. So I'm joined this week by Ian Pilchard. Pr- Pilch to everybody else at the, in the stands. I think you'll know you. And um, you're making your debut, aren't you, Pilch? Yes, first time for me, Glenn. Uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> it's, it's fine, mate. Glad to have you on. And um, yeah, just, you know, before we get into your, your record as a town fan, I've known you for for a very long time um, obviously you ran the old blue and amber message boards back in the day and you, you assisted with well, a big part of bringing the fanzine on back in the day and um, gave gave us advice on all of those sorts of things going forward and obviously played for the away supporters so yeah I'm surprised you can't because I would have thought over the years you would have got sick of me by now yeah yeah um, no I, I miss playing football for the away supporters obviously yeah too old then. Yeah, join the club. I'm yeah. the same now. It's uh, it was a good, it was good fun in those days, and um, it's nice because a lot of guests we get on are people that played back in the day, and it's it's kind yeah. of been good doing the podcast to kind of speak to the people you used to know from from the olden days. I say olden, only early two thousands, Pilch, not that long ago, is it? Yeah. But also all new fans we've met through doing this as well. So good to have one of one of the old school boys on. Um, and yes, I think we obviously when we get a new guest on, which hasn't happened for quite a while actually, we normally run through, you know, how you started supporting the town really. So first, before you get to your, your first game, how how did you get into supporting the town? family related or um, friends no, my, my dad took me to the first game and apparently I, I wasn't really interested in football so I can't remember which it was but obviously you've got my second game there which is um, home to Bury 1978 wow. we won 5-3 no, it's a good first game that isn't it lots of goals yeah. and what, how old were you, would you have been at that point then um, I was probably 10 yeah. eight, 9 or 10 there we go. Well, you you were obviously we'll get to the Carlisle game. You and uh, Scooter and Beast, another bunch of town fans. I think people might know from games. You sat in front of us at Carlisle, and obviously I'm there with my ten year old lad. And it's yeah. it's so good when you get involved in football as a as a kid, particularly when you're going with your dad. So it's it's nice you started the same way that I started and my son started. And I think that's it's nice the way that kind of works, isn't it? But you've seen a lot of games in Pilch. Obviously, 1978 was quite a while ago. I did just say to you I wasn't born yet, so sorry, yeah. sorry for making yeah, you feel I, old. I, I had a big gap when I uh, took up uh, Saturday football. Which ah, yeah. I don't regret. But um, as soon as I got too old for that, I um, I joined away sports for a few years and then uh, haven't missed many games for the town since. Yeah, got back into it. And um, so, yeah, you've seen a lot. Best game, Pilch? My best game, um, 7 0 versus Gillingham. Oof, yeah. um, it was a one off, really, and uh, I don't think anything compares to it, really. <laughs> it was a great game, though, wasn't it? And yeah. the, fact, the, the stupid thing about that is we all think oh, it was a one off, but it was the second game we won by seven, won it that season yeah. with the Wickham game as well. So yeah, it was a good it was a good season, some good good players in that era. And um, yeah, although that's your favourite game, your your favourite player is from a slightly different era, actually, an era just slightly before my time, really. But talk us through your, yeah, your hero. My, my uh, favourite player is obviously going to be a keeper, yep. Steve Grizovich. He was only here for a short while, but. Um, he was such a giant. Would you say you modelled your game on him, Pilch? Um, yeah, I'm better than him, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we, we've had some good keepers over the years. We've had some bad ones, but um, mm. no, he, he was certainly a role model. Oh, there you go. Keepers Union, it's all good. I say, slightly before my time, but I, he's one of those players I always heard my dad talking about when I was younger growing up, you know, Augie and, and how amazing he was. But um, yeah, there we go. So, me and you tonight, Pilch, um, we've just been watching the Grand Prix, so everyone's a bit hyped up about that because it was quite exciting. But um, yes, we've obviously only got one game to cover this week, which was the, the very long journey up to Carlisle. Um, and as much as there wasn't too much to talk about in the game, particularly second half, there's a, there's a fair bit to talk about around the game. So um, yeah, we'll dive straight into that. Well, what a revelation Shrewsbury have been. Full of ideas, full of confidence, and a lot of football. The 
So, FA Cup second round, Shrewsbury Town uh, went away to Carlisle, came away with a nice 2-1 win. So, uh, yeah, goals early doors from Tom Bloxham on 10 minutes and Ryan Bowman finished the game off on 78 um, before they got a consolation goal um, on 91 minutes, which was a bit unfortunate, really. Um, and we'll talk about clean sheets again in a minute as, as we've got a goalkeeper on the podcast. Um, just a few stats before we dive into the, the, the trip up, really, because um, it was obviously a, a pretty difficult one. Um, it's, it's interesting, I was listening to Radio 5 Live on the way up, Pilch, and they were talking about you know who could consider themselves to be an EF, EFL FA Cup specialist at the moment, and Shrewsbury Town were mentioned because it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. We're now unbeaten in 15 FA Cup ties when we haven't played a Premiership team. So obviously we beat Stoke and a few yeah. other Championship teams. But obviously you go back to the early 2000s, we lost a lot of games, didn't we, in the first round. So it, it, it's credit to the club at the moment how well we've started to do in the FA Cup on a consistent basis. Yeah, we, we, had, a, we had a bad run, then we for about a decade, yeah. and then... Uh everything's just uh, been alright since it has isn't it I think you know a lot of the recent improvements probably go down to being in League 1 and that, that slightly better quality of player we had compared to the end of the Ratcliffe era and that early kind of yeah. <laughs> Gary Peters era where the football was a bit more attritional maybe not not focused on uh, some of those bad losses to non-league clubs but yeah it's great it's great it's happened and, and you have to think back you, you might have been in this game in fact I'm pretty sure you were where we played Hereford away 2012 yeah, I was there not the best was it and that was the last time we lost to a, to a non-premiership team so yeah that record continued on Saturday which is fantastic and um, to be honest with you I would like it to continue next season because quite happy to yeah. draw a premiership team in the next round Pilch yeah any, anyone's, uh, anyone at home will do me <laughs> but, um, so the, the only downside with these uh, good cup runs seems to be poor league form at the same time mm. so let, let's hope we can uh, Pick both up. It's true. We've got a, we've got to talk about the games coming up because um, yeah we've got a couple of difficult tri- games this week which we'll come to. But yeah, I, just on the cup draw, I suppose really uh, you know people always kind of pick out one. And in the last round, I was really keen maybe to get Kidderminster and play them because yeah. I've played them for a long time. But I think they won today, so they're still in the in yeah, it. So I'd like them. Yeah. What about big teams, Pilch? Any prem team at home would be fine. Yeah. One we haven't played before though. Yeah. No, Spurs. I, yeah, Spurs would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. I'm just being selfish because I probably wouldn't be able to make the away game. <laughs> there we go. Well, we we haven't done one in the away game so much. Well, I suppose Stoke was good, but um, there we go. So, yeah, 2012 since we lost the FA Cup to non-premiership team. That is fantastic. And, um, yeah, before we get to the team selection, really, it, it was one of those games, and I'm sure you've been to Carlisle before and a lot of fans listening will have been, and it is one of those ones where, yeah, it is slightly further than you know most trips we do. It's up there with Plymouth and, and, and Exeter and Torquay when we used to go down there. But this was Carlisle away on the first week of December, and the, the weather on the way up was... Not the best, was it? Um, no, well, we looked at the forecast <laughs> and it, it looked like it was going to be wet, wet and wet. Um, but on the way there, it was bright sunshine, but we knew what was coming. Mm. And sure enough, it arrived. It certainly did. And, and I think you went on the train, didn't you? So sometimes yeah. you may be protected from the elements there, but I... Yeah. I drove up, we, we left about half past ten from Shrewsbury and, and went around the Wrexham Chester way and as soon as we got onto the, the M56 towards Manchester, the heavens opened and it did not stop raining until we got to Shap and then it turned to snow and it was it was sticking on the M6. I had to put a bit of a warning out to the other town fans coming up because we, we were quite early and um, I was a bit, a bit worried at one point that we weren't going to get there but as soon as you come back down from Shap for anyone that's been up, up the M6 before, you kind of come off that elevation and it turned to rain and yeah, as Pilch says, we got there and the conditions were wet and windy and, and certainly got worse as the game went on but um yeah, it was a, a bit of a sketchy drive up, but we, I made it home in the end the next day. Um, I'll come to that in a minute. But um, yeah, and and as we talk about how hard it was to get up there, I, I imagine you saw other town fans on the train because we, we took about three hundred and fifty. Which yeah, it was it was an early start. Um, it was it was before nine o'clock. Mm. But, um, it was just over. It was like three, just over three hours. Um, as I say, we we didn't see any bad weather and we had no delays. It was all straightforward <laughs> and um, 
you know, not long after we got off the train, that was it. The weather changed. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was great. It was a good trip. Yeah, but taking 350 on a day like that, I think, is, is commendable to the oh, fans. tremendous, yeah. Amazing. And, and Lewis Cox was highly praising the fans in his, um, sort of, during the match tweets, and I also read quite a nice thing he'd put in about the fans in the in the match report. So, yeah, not not trying to big us up so much, because, um, yeah, obviously we've been going to a lot of games, but fair play. Anyone who made it up there on Saturday, um, yeah, you can get your uh, hardcore fan stamp approved, I think, on that one, because it, it was a tough day. But, Shrewsbury Town, you know, on a tough day, came away winners, and that is the positive thing about it so we were just talking you know normally we get a guest on pilch and i'll say so where were you when you found out the team news and what did you think but we were just talking before we started recording and it was one of those days where it wouldn't have mattered what time you found out the team news it was going to be what it was going to be wasn't yeah, it yeah i mean we've kind of given up looking at the t- getting excited for the team because you know you either know what it is or it's, it just looks a mess and you don't know who's playing where and it's just like oh wherever yeah and also we, we have basically no other uh, players left do we to select yeah. from I suppose at the moment which is the tricky thing because when you looked at the bench you, had you heard of Craig Kanida yeah. Wilson and Kate well, obviously we were Kate uh, and we, Wilson but you, you look at the bench in the last few weeks and you just think Cosgrove will come on for uh, Tom with 10 minutes to go and yeah. The others might just get a minute or two. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we don't have much to bring on, do we? But um, we certainly did need a sub in the first half, which um, we, we'll come to. But I suppose it's good in some respects that you know. Oh, is, I want to say it's good that we're trusting youth players to be on the bench, but we, we physically can't do anything else. They may as well not be there. <laughs> They're not going to get much of a chance, are they, some of these young first-year pros? But I suppose good experience from them. Who knows, in two years' time, the experience of being around a matchday squad and maybe training with them over the last couple of weeks might stand them in good stead for, for you know being pros. Yeah, well, well, people were moaning earlier in the season that we had empty seats on the bench and, that, and they were saying you, you could have a youth on there. Yeah. And, that, and now they've done that, we're still moaning. <laughs> That's what we do best, isn't it, Phil? Which I think I learned a lot of that from you over the years, mate. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, so, yeah, there we go. The team selection, I will just run through it for, for those of you, you know, just to give the context of the game, really. But Morosi obviously continued in goal. Um, Bennett went back to right wing back, and then Pennington, Nurse um, were alongside um, Ebanks, who came back from injury, probably a little bit too soon, I think we'll, we'll talk about. Ogbetta continued left wing back, and then we had Lee Avella as the deeper midfielders. Ado continued in his slightly deeper, deeper sort of attacking role, um, not quite a number 10, but not, not quite a number 8 either. So, um, his new role that he's been excelling in. And then, yeah, Bloxham and Bowman ploughing the furrow up front, which was good, because I think we've been talking about that front three over the last few weeks. The front three have kind of come together, haven't they, the last few weeks, Pilch, and it has been yeah. one of the positives. Yeah, but Bowman's, um, he's, he, he gives 100%, doesn't he? You can't fault him. And uh, you do, well, you don't. You never know what he's going to do when he gets the ball, but <laughs> he has improved. Definitely. Yeah, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. And it's, it's nice to see that there's the three of them that are starting to play a little bit more consistently together. You know, we're not yeah. seeing Cosgrove start now. Um, we're not seeing Pike start up front, are we? Obviously, he's been yeah. playing right wing back. And those three are starting to be the main three now, aren't they? They're, ca- they're capable of scoring now. I mean, when go back a few months, few mm. weeks, someone would pick the ball up, unless it was Tom. You think, nothing's going to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> a, no, we, we can score from anywhere at the moment. Yeah, it's getting better. We're still not scoring loads, but we're definitely looking mm. a little bit more threatening. And obviously, against the League Two team, you'd have been disappointed for us not to score a couple. Yeah. Um, same as Stratford away, where we would have been disp- disappointed not to get three maybe there, I suppose. But um, yeah, that was it. So obviously, yeah, team comes out. Um, but as we just talked about, we're going to have to mention the weather because it was noticeable. I think, just to say, you sat right in front of us in the first half and, and we were talking at half time, and there was these. I suppose we're talking about the stadium, really, because the last time I went to Carlisle, before, before we get back to the weather, obviously the whole stadium was open. You know, they've now, it's, it's almost like an LDV game. You know, they've got their main stand on one side and their main stand on the other side. Everything else is shut. It, it's a bit of a yeah. shocker, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, I had to ask you, Terabate, I said, that stand, it's not even, it's past, it's, it's like the stand's built in the wrong place. <laughs> and he said, apparently, they're 
going to move the pitch one day, but yeah. they haven't done it for years. So. No. So that explains that. But. They've, yeah, they've got a lot of flood protection around that stadium now yeah. that they didn't have back in the day, which is good. Yeah. So maybe that's where the money's gone. But yeah, it just it did it didn't have the vibes of a big FA Cup game, did it? When you got into Carlisle yeah. on Saturday. No, no, no. There was, I mean, it was dead, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there was only three thousand odd there in yeah. total. It was a bit of a shocker. And I know that you know, for those who don't know, the club are going through what you think you would term a bit of a crisis at the moment. And I was talking to um, a Carlisle fan, and I think he's the guy that tried to organise their protest, which we'll discuss in length in a minute, Pilch. But um, yeah, he was the guy, that, and he was basically saying that if something doesn't change in the next few years, I don't think my club or our club's going to be here. So they are, they are one of those crisis clubs again. Yeah, I mean, I. I was looking at looking around and I thought, is this really the place where Jimmy Glass scored that goal? Yeah, and I thought, full stadium. I just can't imagine it. No, you can't, can you? And you know, looking back, you know, back in the day, they were the ones knocking us out of the league, weren't yeah. they? And staying up yeah. and, and all that sort of thing. And um, the tables have really turned. They do look like a team kind of heading to the non-league, which is which is a shame for a, for a club yeah. like Carlisle, well, obviously a proud you know league club with a lot of heritage. So hoping their fans can you know help a process to turn it round and get a little bit more. Um, you know, an owner that they can get on with, but um, not a problem we've had for a long time, which is good. Yeah, so the, the, the fans were really quiet. Mm. Didn't hardly hear them all game. No, there was hardly anyone there. That's why yeah. and the wind didn't help. Mm. I couldn't hear anything. No. To be honest with you. <laughs> but there we go. Um, yes. So anyway, the game started in the heavy wind, as we mentioned. Wind and rain. It got worse and worse and worse. And one of the things I noticed, I'd point it out to you at half time, was um, we had obviously we were in Carlisle. Ryan Bowman's from Carlisle. Down to the front right of us, there was a group of about twenty people. And when I came into the stadium, I genuinely thought, because I hadn't quite looked at the team news at that point, that Ryan Bowman had been benched or dropped from the team because there was a bloke sitting in the stand who must have been Ryan Bowman's twin. It was, yeah. he, he looked so much like him, didn't he? Yeah, he was... Well, I put it on Blue and Amber earlier and somebody <laughs> seems to have put the answer up. It may have been his younger brother. No, there you go. But um, I, I was convinced it was his twin. Yeah, he looked so much like him. And, he, and the thing is, they look exactly the same facially, but he'd gone for the same haircut. So I, you know, I think if you if you you surely you don't go for the same haircut, you kind of mix no, that up no. a little bit. I mean, I don't know where he's like a football, but I'd start him up front with Bowman at the moment. Yeah, they must have a must have an empathetic understanding, yeah. you know, like uh, yeah, like twins. I'm not sure he was a twin, but um, so it was nice to see his family in, in their end, and it was a shame really because yeah. we'll, we'll go through the first half, but it really felt like in the first half that the town players were trying to set Bowman up to score down that end so he yeah. could run over to his family, but unfortunately his goal came down the other end in the end. Yeah, he deserved the goal though. He did. He played quite well. We'll, we'll go through how well he did. Um, um, so yeah, it was nice to see them in there. Yeah, it looked, looked identical. And town started really well. Um, I thought they played some nice football in midfield. Um, and there was a couple of crosses from Bowman and Bloxham that didn't quite find that that kind of final quality pass. But considering the conditions and how hard it is to go to Carlisle, I thought it was a decent start from town. Yeah, well, they, they did have a chance after five minutes. Yep. And um, keeper did a good save, actually. And I've, I, but that was it, wasn't it, for mm. the next... We went up the other end and scored, and it looked like we'll get another in a minute, and that'll be it. We can all go home, but yeah. um, didn't quite pan out. Did it, it didn't. We we laboured to get the second, that's for yeah. sure. But as I say, a good a good first ten minutes, and and you say they, they did have that one chance out of nothing. But um, you know, the goal came um, you know on ten minutes, which I thought was a, was a, was a fair representation of that opening spell and yeah. decent goal. Um, yeah, I I thought it was a really good finish. I hadn't when I seen it back today. I see it took a bit of a deflection. Mm. No, I mean I um. At the start of the build-up, Old Better took the ball down the line, and for the second time, he laid it back instead of putting a cross. Yeah. And I thought, oh, just put a cross <laughs> in. But then, little did I realise he was playing a one-two. Yeah. And he found himself on the end of 
the through ball and uh, squared it for Tom. So it was a really good goal. He did. It looked like he was initially squaring it for a doe, but yeah. a doe couldn't quite get to it. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know, good good backing up by Tom yeah. really, and took a nice touch. And uh, yeah, did take a deflection. It was through definitely through a crack crowd of players. But you know, you, you pay your ticket, you can win the lottery, yeah. can't you? So I think yeah. he, he well deserved it from, yeah, it was from a, a, good, goal, a yeah. good start. And yeah, you know, we've been talking. You just talked a minute ago without Tom. Where would he be? Sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. what have you made of his? We're almost at half season now. As a young lad, you know, really starting to be a first choice player. How impressed have you been with him? Um, yeah, he's, he's impressed me. You know, you know, and I, so many times in the earlier in the season, I'm thinking, play him up front. Yeah, we're putting yeah. all these crosses in, and we need someone just like him. Hmm? And um, seems that the more he gets in the middle, the more he scores. Yep, I think um, so. He's been much more improved being through the middle, I yeah. think. You know, but he was still good on the wing. But clearly, sometimes it felt yeah. a bit odd, didn't it? I mean, clearly, we haven't got a winger. So. <laughs> well, we did. He's just cro- he's cropped for the rest of the season. Yeah. That's the only problem. Yeah. And we only had one, mm. which has not been the first time that's no, happened at Shrewsbury Town for a while. So there we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, and so yeah, great goal. Went one and up right in front of the town fans, which was great. And he came over to the town fans. Could you tell what his celebration was on the on the day? I've had to watch um, it back. Well, first of all, he did the big knee slide. Yeah. And then, I don't know, they were whacking him on the head or something. They were. So what he did is he sat on the floor and he pretended to drive a car. And they all sort of pretended they were in the car with him because he passed his driving test. I think he passed his driving test on Friday, Lewis Cox said. So it's funny because I was thinking on the way home, we rarely have players celebrating with like wacky celebrations. Like in the Jempson era, you know, they used to be like doing that drink celebration and all that sort of thing. The celebration is an oft missed thing at Shrewsbury Town, I think, Pilch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it's it's very rare. We have players that can't drive. Well. Well, Apart from the ones that are banned. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very true. No comment. Um, I thought you were about to say it's very rare we have players at score, which would also yeah. have been a very fair yeah. point, I think, Pilch. Yeah. But um, yeah, there we go. Um, and yeah, so town one and up. And and I thought during this period, you know, first 10, 20 minutes actually, one of the things was notable was how hard town were at working Carlisle. I I thought we'd go there and find a very functional, hardworking, gritty team, and we'd have to play a bit of football. But actually, it was us that was being yeah. hard and gritty. Yeah, we we were dominating. We we weren't creating too much, no. but. You know, as soon as they had the ball, we were pressing them and winning it back. Yeah. It's, um, you know, that what happened at half time, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think it got wetter. That was maybe yeah, the problem. But yeah, yeah we, were, we were out battling them. They weren't afraid of a bit of physicality because they put a couple of pretty super physical challenges in the game. There was a bit where I think Vela went down injured at the same time yeah. as Ogbetta, and then Bennett yeah. got one nasty. And There was a spate of yellows, wasn't there, and injuries. Yeah. And that was. Uh, pretty much killed the rest of the first half. It did, and that's what that's what we're still going to talk about, is that as much as they were going in challenges and our lads were walking off injured, um, kind of limping away a little bit, and I think we probably ended up that game with a bit of, bit of the walking wounded, it was actually Carlisle players who kind of actually, they made I think they made two or three subs yeah. in the first half, so maybe it affected them a little bit more. They need to kind of stay on their feet and, and ride the challenges, but um, I think that helped us really. But yeah, there wasn't too much more to talk about in the first half. You know, Obviously, we got the goal on 10. Um, Obviously, we were talking about this one at half-time, Pilch. They did have one chance in the first half, which you were staggered that they didn't score from. Yeah, I, I, I looked on the highlights and they didn't show it. I don't oh, know no. why, but um, yeah, I think Morosi. It was. He um, gifted them the ball and, and it looked like they'd only just got to roll it in. And, and he took it wide and then there was a bloke waiting at the back post Waving. all day. <laughs> and he still didn't give it him and then... In the end, he just wasted it. <laughs> he did, yeah. It was a ball over the top, actually, that Morosi came out yeah. for a bit mad, to be honest with you, I thought, watching it back. But, um, yeah, it, it was... it was The thing they didn't... The reason they didn't score was that Ebanks made an absolutely amazing tackle. He, he slid in from quite a long distance away, knowing if he couldn't get something on it or, or intercept the pass that was about to be made, they were just tapping it in for an open goal. Yeah. There, was, there was no one in goal. Morosi was stranded. So, yeah, that was a big moment in the first half. And then, as I say, that was probably the last exciting thing that happened, really, um, because during that moment, Ebanks got injured, stretching for that ball. He yeah. kind of got up 
tried to run it off and it wasn't happening, was it? No, I was. Do you know if that's a recurrence or is it? Yeah. Yeah. So he he talked in the post match about saying it was you know a calculated risk to put Ebanks in straight away. Um, and I think it was his thigh that had gone again a little bit. Whether it's a long term one again or not, we don't know. He was obviously out for maybe a couple of weeks, wasn't he? So, um, not ideal again with the squad that we've got, but um, we've been managing to deal with it. So yeah, it was a it was a shame he went off. Um. But Dan kept working hard. I thought there was another one where Lee crossed the back post that Bowman almost got on. Yeah. So we could have, we could have took a second there. But then it then it got a bit comical, really. I suppose with the weather um, and the Carlisle protest because I was expecting there to be a parade of three thousand yeah, tennis balls onto I the think pitch. I counted five. <laughs> I think I had seven. Yeah, and I'm not mocking them. Like, these lads have got struggles at their club, and they're obviously trying to. I think this was the first protest they've done, so maybe it's going to be a slow burn for them. But. It felt a little bit flat on the head. I think someone did say that one of the tennis balls got thrown onto the pitch and it pretty much hit their manager, which I don't think went down very well because yeah. he turned around and gave them a bit of a bollocking. And there was a few things going on, wasn't there, about the protest. They obviously threw a load of tennis balls on. There was like a mini kind of waving your mobile phone lights thing at yeah, one point. There and was then was two of them, yeah. There was two, <laughs> two people waving their lights. And then there was a banner, which obviously caused the most consternation really there because um, the stewards went in and they extracted the banner out or the banner got thrown further up. And then I think they escorted like three guys out really. So obviously lots going on there, but it kind of distracted from the rest of that half didn't it it was yeah. sometimes more interesting than what was going on on the pitch yeah it was uh, well it, was, it wasn't very exciting was it <laughs> it wasn't, the, I wasn't uh, I'm not sure what protests I've been to that have been that exciting over the years no. I'd have to have a good think but it's been they, a while they certainly weren't coming on that pitch it was too wet no exactly you just slipped straight over them um, there we go so there we yeah as I say um, what, what else happened after Ebanks went off um, Daniels went to right wing back Bennett pushed up into centre mid and then and Leahy went back to central defence, which was some of the places they've been playing recently. So that yeah. didn't really unsettle us too much at that point. Um, and then, yeah, Morosi made another good save. Um, and, yeah, just kind of... I'd say it got to 30 minutes and I had nothing really to say. Um, we had one last good chance. I think it was um, on 30 minutes down our end and a lot of people around us thought we'd scored. Yeah, was it you, though? Oh, better. Oh, better. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. better. It looked like it rattled the net, but it was, just went into the side net. One guy was celebrating for a good... You know yeah. when you get someone celebrating for a good 30 seconds yeah. before they realise that we haven't scored? That was pretty good fun. But yeah, it was a bit really nice play, actually, for that and um, kind of just did a bit of a swivel shot into the side net. And so, a bit unfortunate. After 30 minutes, though, and that chance absolutely nothing happened it no. got really really windy it was an awful game um, super cold Town sat in and defended well you can't that's the one thing I'll say it was an awful game but you've got to give the defenders credit in those conditions yeah. to, to play like they did yeah I, I thought um, we're kind of missing Lee in all, where, where he'd be better off playing on left back or in the yeah. middle yeah. And, but he looks solid in centre back He's because uh, they were they had a lot of play, mm. but they just weren't creating anything. It was just uh, cleaning it all up for us. Yeah, I put that in the agenda. I put Carlisle with much more ball in that last 15 minutes, but very little threat. And you're right to pick out Lee. I thought he was exceptional again in a couple of different positions in the game. Um, and yeah, he's been one that, again, during that tough run, you know, like everybody else, wasn't really shining. But as we've started to turn the corner a little bit from just before Stratford, he's really standing out as, as a leader, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's good with his... Uh, crossing and his set pieces hmm? but I say we can't have him in two positions at once can we <laughs> we need but, to clone him at Christmas or something uh, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be helpful but well we don't need to clone him we need to buy a couple more players yeah. like him that would be yeah. the uh, eventual situation I suppose um, yeah half time came my, my children were bloody freezing to the point but my daughter at one point had my gloves on her feet to try and keep warm after under socking so she's learned a valuable lesson um, and then at half time they were doing shuttle runs up and down the steps and, and, the, and, the, and the terraces to keep warm so and I think most people eventually abandoned the, the, the sort of seated area and went into the yeah. uh, concourse to keep warm I'm pretty sure I saw you go down 
there. It wasn't and, um, much warmer down there. But, uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a wind tunnel yeah. effect, wasn't it? But um, yeah, it was one of those one of those match days where you're like, let's just like sometimes half times are fun, and sometimes half times yeah. you want to go in about thirty seconds. Yeah, and it was it was like one of them days where you think, why did I come? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're winning, so there was yeah. that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, when we came back to our seats and everybody settled down. Um, the the first half second half started exactly like the first half ended mm. that horrible ten minutes yeah. and I I've got almost no notes you know it's it's rare to watch a game of football where almost nothing happens in the half there obviously was two goals but they came from nothing you know the, what would you describe the players in this in the second half um, well <laughs> turgid yeah yeah I was a bit disappointed with the second half because it was like as if we thought the job was done and we were just sitting back and maybe it was the right thing to do because they didn't create nothing no nothing it's, they were just they were passing it and the one player kept pinging it across the other side of the wing and he find his man every time and but there was no end product they had one cross which bloke come whizzing in like Gazarit and just got his just it was yeah. an open goal and they just couldn't goal. get there yeah. but I mean apart from the goal that was the nearest they come to trouble us. it was yeah and, and I was going to talk about this at the end because we normally have a little review about the opposition mm. but like my, my view of Carlisle was it, it gave me a really good glimpse pilch into why I do not want to get relegated this season because mm. and not, no offence to Carlisle I'm sure they play better on their days but generally the standard of football in League 2 is worse than League 1 you know we've learned that from yeah. being in League 2 and League 1 and you know we got sucked down into playing a League 2 game really didn't we and I, I wouldn't want to watch that again all no, week but it's it was a cup tie and anything yep. could happen in the cup so uh, you just got to put up with that. It didn't feel like up to cup tie though, did it? No. It felt like a League Two game, yeah. a really rubbish mid mid winter League Two felt game. Like they a didn't Tuesday night game. <laughs> <in the cup. laughs> it, did, it did feel a little bit like, and that's the thing, isn't it? I yeah. I was a bit disappointed in Carlisle the way they approached it as a cup game. They just yeah. were a bit too passive, and yeah, they got quite aggressive in their tackles, particularly in the first half. But I never really felt like you know this was their chance to get into the third round. This was their massive game. Yeah. It was the League Two team. I felt that at Stratford. Do you know what I mean? They weren't brilliant, yeah. the young lads at Stratford, the the, the non league team at Stratford, but. I felt like it was a proper FA Cup tie. I did not feel like that on Saturday. No, I mean, it, they were like they were like one win away from filling that ground, yeah, and yeah. yet they just they just didn't have the uh, the drive. The, the drive. Yeah, yeah, shame really for them. But um, oh well, they got knocked out. That's the end of it. Um, what what did I note from the second half that might might trigger some thoughts? Um, Vela eventually got booked after a couple of robust tackles. Um, yeah. but that that had been on the cards, hadn't it, for a few tackles before? Yeah. Well, <laughs> if the if the tackles had gone in second half like the first, it may have been a red card here or there. Mm. But um, that's true, actually. Yeah. He was a bit he was a bit lenient because of the conditions. I think the referee on the challenges. Yeah. So um, that was fine. Eventually, into the second half, we did kind of get going for a good sort of ten minute period, but. Once we started to make all our substitutions as that second half went on, it really disjointed us and we didn't yeah. really create anything um, until, from absolutely nowhere, the game was literally meandering along, nothing was happening. I'm pretty sure I was checking other scores elsewhere to see who else was doing well in the FA Cup and yeah. suddenly we play a lovely little ball into a dough and he just holds it off, does his little shield move that he's got now. Shield and spin, I think someone described it on Twitter right. today and that's that's kind of his new move now. Span there and... Last week on the podcast, Pilch, you probably listened to it, my brother was lamenting. My brother and my dad had an argument about Udo and whether he would yeah. be able to learn how to play through balls. Yeah. What did he do on Saturday? Yeah, it was a perfect ball, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, really good. Opened up the defence to Bowman. He took a touch, sat a guy on his ass, um, and then, yeah, yeah finished. It's finished. Similar to his hat-trick goal, wasn't it? Yes. He, turned, he likes to turn on the, onto his right foot. And, yes. Uh, this time he put it the other way and uh, it's a good finish, yeah. Yeah, and he was he was impressive with the finish, yeah, wasn't he? And, um, and then we were all looking at seeing what his brother was doing. <laughs> he was they were to be fair to his family, they celebrated well. Um yeah. but it was too far for him to run from yeah. the other end of Carlisle's pitch all the way down yeah. the other to celebrate with his family. But I'm sure they all met up afterwards and, and had a lovely night. I think I saw Bowman in the press today saying his granddad wasn't very happy with him because his granddad's yeah. like a, a died in the wall Carlisle fan, so yeah. mending to be done there, I think. 
Yeah, that's the way it goes. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll teach you, mate. Well, I mean, after what they did to us in 2003, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got to, we've got to be bitter. I, I do agree with that. Um, but yeah, nice moment from scoring his hometown club. As I say, it was just nice play from a front two, really. Um, and Bloxham, I watched it back. Bloxham did really well. He kind of um did a nice run that dragged a defender away. Yeah. Sometimes we don't see that, but showing that he's getting that intelligence as he's getting a little bit older and obviously working with Cottrell and, and Wilbraham in terms of the runs he can make. So I thought that was another nice part of the goal. But yeah, great finish. I, I turned around, you know, the kids turned around to the kids and said, game over. And they were like, dad, can we go now? Yeah, <laughs> I think I was the same. I was waiting for someone to say, should we go? And I was going to say, yeah, why not? It's funny, I was going to flick yeah. to the end of the game. Like yeah. normally in a big cup win away from home in a gritty, horrible place, there'd be loads of town fans yeah. clapping them off. But it was yeah. almost it was almost like people could not wait to get out of that stadium they were no. so, so I mean, brassic I mean at one point in the second half I wouldn't have minded if they scored just to try and liven it up but. get the game going again yeah and I, obviously did. I say the game was over there nothing else happened at all after we scored the second goal there was 10 minutes left to go it was meandering to nothing um, and, and suddenly from nowhere they did get a consolation goal yeah. guy just turned on the bottom, bottom yeah, edge of the well, box like you I totally missed that I was looking at see how my was getting on and there. Uh, so I watched it back today. It was a good goal, really. Really great, nice finish. finish yeah. yeah, I feel a bit for Morosi in the defence again for not getting a clean sheet because <clears throat> it wasn't quite a worldie, yeah. but it was one of those goals where you, you think you've almost seen it out 91 minutes and yeah. the third clean sheet of the season, which yeah, is but terrible. He did, he did deserve to let one in earlier, so yeah, can't, true. can't feel for him to yesterday. True enough. All right, as a keeper, Pilch, what, what are you making of Morosi at the moment? Um, I like him. He's all right. He's steady. I sometimes worry when he's got the ball at his feet, mm. but apart from that, he does the right things. Yeah. He's been unlucky, Annie, with the goals we conceded and the amount we like the, the lack of clean sheets because it is yeah. staggeringly low compared yeah. to most seasons. Well, I think he's he's having to deal with one or two poor players in front of him. That they're off form or they're mm. they're not up to scratch. And uh, I know I've criticised one or two of our defenders. And uh, yeah, I mean they're all having their off days, but some are, some have got a little bit of form the last few games. Yeah, I think that's fair. They, they've they've had shockers at the start of the season, but like I think you you probably could talk about. Pierre for one obviously he's been out for yeah. a while is Pierre not being here at the moment helping us there's a question for you well the results are suggesting that yeah, but it's mad, I mean going back to start of last season he did exactly the same he mm. just seemed to let himself go a little bit mm. and um, it seems like you know but whether something's happened off the pitch I don't know whether he wanted a move and didn't get one but, you never know but he's not going to get one playing the way he is no and it's a shame because he genuinely was one of our best players at yeah. the end at the points of the last mm. couple of seasons but it's a shame he really hasn't got himself going obviously yeah. I think the injuries have come at the wrong yeah. time Ebanks to be fair he was pretty garbage at the start of the season but he's really picked his form up and Nurse started off in kind of a new yeah. role didn't he at the start of the season and yeah. we were a bit wary but he's turned into probably Nurse, the best Nurse defender is steady. I, yeah. I haven't had fault for him yet no no, he's been great, um, to be fair. Pennington, I, I'm a bit picky with him at the moment. And <laughs> I think he, he did his usual uh, bad touch yesterday and then dived in and got himself a yellow. Yeah, he but, did. Um, you know, apart from that, he didn't do anything else wrong. No, he's another one that was having a very ropey yeah, patch at the start but, of the season that's but, picked it up. I mean, Lee, he, 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 was just, he was just playing like a... You know, it reminded me of playing in a Sunday league when, mm. you, when you've got a defender up, up against you who's gets paid on a Saturday and he just makes a fool of you. He's just Yeah, he's he's yeah, been he, there. He was just he was just taking it easy and cutting everything out. Yeah. Again, someone who started the season okay, but has definitely gone up to, you know, good now I would suggest. Mm. Um was never never really poor, I don't think. But um he's played in pretty much every position, yeah. hasn't he now? So it's yeah. it's, it's, if, it's in fact I think his worst position is left back. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> it is a bit weird. No, it's alright, we've got loads of left backs, so it yeah. doesn't really matter, does it? Um 
And there we go. Yeah, 2-1. It was game over then. You know, I think we went down the other end and, and uh, I can't remember what it was now. One of the, Lesh Bella went down there and did a couple of little yeah. step overs and kept the ball in the corner, which was nice. It was good to see a very a rare, another rare appearance for Lesh yeah, Bella. Yeah, we were just waiting. Come on, below the whistle. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I put here. And as I said, as soon as that whistle went, if not before, people flew out. And, um, you know, I think the town fans were still coming over towards the town, the, the, the fans when I, I walked out of the stadium. You were just in front of us. I said to kind of have a safe trip home. And yeah. of the 300, 250 must, must have already yeah. left the stadium by that point yeah. it was uh, yeah it was cold there we go so it was a nice eye opener for me that one I don't want to go back to League 2 if that's what the level of football is going to be like picking the top 3 was interesting Pilch this week because um, we obviously won 2-1 and it was, a, and it was a decent performance in terms of getting the win in the end it wasn't great football overall um, but you know it, everyone was kind of okay I think would be the fair way of saying it so picking yeah. a top 3 was difficult wasn't it it was it was and um, I thought I'd cheat and have a look at the ratings and, <laughs> and they don't do them for the Cups oh, no. so I had to do it off memory and I thought who did what mm. it's, um, so in third place I went for Bowman I just thought with the with the context of the Carlisle theme and um, his recent form he, mm. he really deserved a goal yesterday and, yep. and he did get one at the end he's been working hard and um, that was it yeah, so, good. second I've given Lee he he didn't seem to do a lot yesterday, but like I said, he just he just made everything easier mm. and um, cut everything out. And uh, number one the player I've haven't rated until recently, old Batter. Yeah, because he, he was tremendous when he first came, and then he went poor. But mm. as I say, he was doing a lot off the ball yesterday, which Mash- yeah, yeah, which, yeah, which made a big difference. He worked really hard. That's another fair thing to say yeah. that we hadn't, yeah. we hadn't covered there. He he worked really really hard, and his, his quality shows in the key moments as well, doesn't it? On yeah. or even on a pitch like that, where it's hard to kind of produce that quality in conditions like that, he, he did put a couple of good crosses in, and bloody ran fast and ran hard the whole game. To be fair, so I, I was really impressed with Ogbert. That's a, that's a fair number one. Yeah. That I, I went I went for the same. He was in third place. I went for Bowman again. Just that kind of hometown hero sort of story yeah. that. Come, sometimes comes up in football but again I've been saying this about moment for weeks he works bloody hard he's yeah. you know like we just said about better he doesn't stop running at all so um, yeah I gave him my third place I gave second to Nurse I thought he was um, really really good on Saturday in terms of being a, a kind of the ones that held the defence together continue, considering it got unsettled with um, Ebanks going off so he kind yeah. of had to take on a bit more of a leadership role than maybe he has done recently thought he was fantastic some really crucial headers um, in the second half when they just resulted to lumping it in um, him, him and Leahy particularly and that's why I went for Leahy uh, for mm. my number one You've, you've been really positive about him on the podcast, Pilch, but he is turning into an absolutely fantastic player for us. And after about 10 games, I would have said that, you know, Vela's looking nailed on for player of the season already. And yeah. um, I certainly think that Lee, he, maybe a doe, are starting to kind of put themselves into that equation now um, because their form has been so good in, that, in this last sort of 15 spells now, a 15-game block. So Lee, for me, is getting, getting there in terms of starting to think about, it's better to think about player of the season, but he's certainly putting himself in the window now, isn't he? And I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there at the end of the season. Yeah, I think he's nailed on. Already? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> everyone loves him though, don't they? If he if he, if he stays fit, I can't see anything going wrong there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to have. I tried to get Morosi in my top three, but yeah, I good. mean, he, he gifted them a goal. Mm. The fact they missed it doesn't really change things, right? Yeah, he, he had a decent game. He made enough saves yeah. when he needed them, didn't he? Did he? Good, he did a good save. I mean, had they been one 0 up, it might have been a different game. And yeah, he, he did. A, he did these. He does these little quiet saves that people forget. Mm, yeah, that is true. We we often, we try to flag them up most weeks because mm. sometimes he'll make a really good. Save. He made a really good low down save in the yeah. first half. We haven't even mentioned where yeah. tipped it around the post. And you know he is a keeper that yeah. will make his five to six good saves in a yeah. game that sometimes doesn't get noticed. I think that's a really good point to make, Pilch. Um, but he didn't make my top three. But he was pretty close to be fair. Um, 
Uh, so yeah, that was it. I think it's a, it's a fair pick for top three. In terms of Cottrell, um, I didn't have a chance to listen to him um, last night, but I've listened to it back today because I stayed up night. I stayed up last night in Carlisle. Well, stayed in a, a travel lodge on on the M6, which was absolutely yeah. lovely. And then took the kids to a bit of do a bit of tour of Hadrian's Wall today. So that was yeah. good fun. So yeah, been educated. Nice, um, yeah. But yeah, so I've listened to Cottrell since I came home, um, and he said something that I think is very apt. Um, job done. It was not the prettiest of games. No, well. <laughs> I don't think we've had a pretty game yet, have we? <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see, we'll see. I think, yeah, Stratford was quite nice, but um, that's the first time we scored five right, for the first half. Well, yeah, there is the first ten minutes, yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, to be fair, he praised the defence. He, pra- he said they were really good, obviously. He said he, pr- he praised them up to last goal, so clearly I, I, I read in between the lines that he was a bit miffed about how we conceded that yeah, goal. But we backed off again. We? Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to get yeah. at. Um, um, but he also said it, he blamed himself a little bit with the late subs unsettling us a little bit yeah. at the back. Fair enough, I don't disagree with that. Um, he, as I said he thought starting Ebanks was worth the risk um, but the injury was obviously unfortunate so we'll have to wait and see how long he's going to be out for he again once again had particular praise for Rideau's through pass for Bowman's goal picked at that specific moment which I, th- I said I thought was interesting considering we had a big discussion about that specific point last week so I'm starting to wonder whether you know Rideau or, Bo- or, or the manager is listening to the podcast well the manager's definitely getting information about what the fans think because it was an interview in the week about how he was talking about people didn't rate Rideau when I came oh, here yeah, and he was like yeah. he knew what the fans felt about it so like he, he says I don't listen to all that but I definitely know about yeah, it. So yeah. someone's. Get, do you oh, reckon he gets a printout or something? Yeah. I don't know. We, we all know Blue Number picks the team. <laughs> <laughs> that was the word back in the day, wasn't it? So yeah, he must be reading Blue and Amber Pilcher. Yeah. I reckon, or uh, hopefully he's not reading my Twitter. Um, but yeah, so he, he's aware of what fans think, and I think he now he's aware of that. He's trying to. He's, he's big in a dough up now. He's playing well because he wants it to, and he is playing well now. So yeah. I, I think it's a fair point, isn't it? So he, um, he must have put some serious practice in because yeah. to be honest, he needed it and he was going nowhere. No, it's true. And, um, you know, practice makes perfect. Cause I, I remember at one point, he just didn't have a shot in him. It wouldn't have beat a five-year-old. No. And now, bang, he's... Changes it in a more than on target. Yeah, he won brilliant on Saturday. To be fair, that's one thing no, I mentioned. I don't want to be no, too harsh on him because he's been great recently. But yeah. but he still set up the goal. But he, mm. he was not really in it that much Saturday. No. But I don't think fans being negative on a though back in the day, which is what Cottrell was talking about in this interview, was completely unfair because he had a terrible goal scoring record. He rarely contributed assists or anything into the game, and he always ran hard. And I can yeah. understand why a certain section of the fans, and it's completely fair, you know, just just because I've got a view doesn't mean everyone else yeah. has to agree with it. Loved him because he worked hard, and he's always been a hard worker. But he needed to add that extra element to his game to move from being a conference yeah. player to a League One player, and we've seen it. Last yeah. ten weeks, we've seen it finally, haven't we? Yeah. Well, I think yesterday that. Talent factor was a pitch. It looked really boggy, mm. and I don't think anyone would have anyone could make a run on that with a ball at their feet, which is what Udo does. Yeah, it? it reminded me of the pitch I uh, did my cruciate ligament on. So that yeah. give an indication of how muddy that was. Jesus. Um, yeah. So other than that, he said he's looking forward to the third round, and yeah, was happy to be in the hat. So um, yeah, that was it. Saturday done. Everybody got back on the train. No problems getting home, Pilch. No, no, straightforward back again. And all we we had a tight. Um, Turn around in Manchester, but, <laughs> but luckily the train we were getting on was just rolling in as we got there. So, Happy days. So. Was it back home or was it back to a pub in Shrewsbury? Um, I had one. <laughs> Standard. That's good. Yeah. That's a good football day, that is, to be fair. So, um, yeah, long day out on the train, Sea Town win in horrible conditions, get home, have a pint at home. There's, do you know what? There's nothing finer in the world, is there, sometimes than a day like that. So, yeah, glad everyone had a good day that made it. And, um, yeah, we're into the third round. We've, we've talked about who we want in the cup. So, yeah, we'll leave on the pitch matters there. We'll, we'll move a little bit to looking ahead to this difficult week we've got coming up and a little bit of Salap news. Graham Turner watching on in front of him every day. Lovely ball in. Could be an own goal. It's uh, still there, still alive for Harold. Harold pulls it back. Right
So, uh, Ollie will be gutted. He loves a bit of salad news, and we don't often have it, Pilch, because yeah. not a lot of off-the-field stuff happens anymore, other than, you know, the club being sold to Paul Delves, but we're not allowed to talk about that, no, are we? So, no, <laughs> we've, got leave, <laughs> we've got to leave that till the summer, haven't we? Um, <laughs> so, there we go. But talking to Paul Delves, um, not the chairman, because he doesn't come to supporters' parliament meetings anymore. Um, Brian deals with them. Um, yeah, we had a supporters' parliament meeting on um, Monday, and um, I'm sure some people would have seen the sort of meeting notes that, well, the meeting notes aren't out yet, but I put a bit of a, a brief out on Blue and Amber, and there was obviously stuff on the Blue and Amber fanzine account as well um, from the night. And it was it was really interesting because um, obviously we've had the Crouch report come out, which is about the future of football mm-hmm. and whether government um, you know oversight is needed or some sort of overnight is needed, but it inca- incorporated a whole load of issues. Um, we've obviously got issues with ongoing finances within football at the moment, and um, yeah, we've, we've also got the the fact that Shrewsbury joined the Fair Game um, series of clubs. I think there's 17 clubs now that have joined with a, an approach to make football fairer. And I think a combination of all those things had really prompted Brian to put together a lovely little presentation. Charts, bar charts, pie charts, or we yeah. put the whole lot of effort in Brian. To be fair, to set out to the fans that were there about quite what football's like at the moment and how mad even League One is in terms of its disparity in, in spending. So I don't really want. To, I'm not going to ask you too much about this pitch, but just to say that I think one of the things we felt from the from the from the meeting was it'd be really good to kind of put a podcast out there to kind of go through what Brian was talking about to get it out yeah. there amongst the wider fan base. And you, you'll know as well as I do that even in our league, football finance has just gone crazy, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't take a lot of notice of it because you you just know what they're going to say. It's uh, mm. it's it's just going to be a a sob story, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and there'll be more clubs going to the wall. Brian, adamant that'll happen. And the, the most fascinating figure, just I don't want to lead too much into what we're going to say on this podcast, but the most fascinating figure Brian said is obviously during COVID we had a salary cap come in. I think he said it was two point five million pounds, so that everyone just spent within their means and they didn't kill themselves during a period where they had no income. And everybody got down to that salary cap, right? Mm. <clears throat> Since it was finished at the end of last season, obviously we've gone into this year, 14 League One clubs are now way above that salary cap. We're not one of them. We're mm. still below 2.5 million yeah. our salary cap, he said. But um, just just for, the, just for the fact that people come out of that period of COVID thinking, I had no income, but, you know, F it. I'm just going to go back spending mm. such stupid amounts of money. It does. It can't work. It can't be long-term sustainable in a League One level, I don't think. No, well... <laughs> I mean, my view of it is is if they've got the money, let them spend it. And if they're not spending it properly, it's going to catch up with them. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, um, you know, if if you're a, if you're with a bigger club and you're not allowed to spend money you do have, I always think that's a handicap. But. Yeah, there's a, there's a balance to it, isn't there, I guess. It's it's about, yeah, it's about spending a certain amount of your turnover, which is yeah. what the rules are as well, I mean, isn't I, it? So I'm, fine. I'm looking at a club like Stoke in the Championship who... Uh, money coming out of their ears mm. and they, they just can't spend it no and they could be the next derby for all you yeah. know it's, it's, it swings and roundabouts mm. isn't it but um, yeah interesting so we'll be doing a podcast on that coming down the line I think Ollie wants to be involved in that so hopefully when he's back on back on his feet he'll, uh, he'll be able to join us on that one um, there were a couple of other interesting things confirmed at the meeting Pilch, we will eventually get training kit in the club shop for Christmas. Yeah. It's a bit a bit of a shambles, isn't it, this year? Did they say which Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, they didn't. I think they meant this Christmas, but it's been a bit of a shocker, hasn't it, the kit deal and everything that's happened with it. Obviously, Brian puts a lot of it down to COVID and to the Suez Canal, which, I don't know, yeah. I can I can take a little bit of that, but um, it's taken too long to get sorted. Yeah, well, as you know, I've, I've been a fan of the new kit, and once or twice I've been to buy one it's not available so. there's nothing there he said there were over, basically a thousand new items coming to the club shop in time for Christmas new kit new training kit that we've not had before um, other ancillary items so people are probably starting to think about some, getting some late minute town gifts I think if you give it a week or so there'll be a message on, on Shrewsbury's Twitter or on the club website saying look we've got some stock come in and get your Christmas stuff but they need to yeah. need to make sure that gets promoted otherwise oh, yeah. you end up with a whole load of I stuff. mean I, I couldn't help noticing when I passed it 
going to the game and leaving yesterday, Carlisle got a... Yeah. Good, and I mean, I didn't go in it, but it looked very tempting. Yeah, nice club shop. Right on the main street. If yeah. town had something like that, I'd be straight in there. Yeah, so. well, it was a big discussion at the club shop about whether we should not, you know, build another little building yeah. like we have done in certain places for a bigger club shop that is yeah. more inviting, that you can have more stock in there, that they can do more things with. I think it's something that's been on the agenda for a long time, but I think that Brian's getting to a point where it's something we need to do. It's moved oh, yeah. near the clock. I mean, when I first started following the town in the late 70s, we had a little club shop. The Porter Cabin? No, it wasn't <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. the Porter Cabin. It was like... <laughs> It was just like a little off-licence, and um, I'd never ever seen anyone in it. <laughs> I just wanted for it was. But oh dear, yeah. yeah. It's definitely uh, something that yeah. needs to be sorted. And I know, I know you can walk in there anytime it's open, and Sib will be in there yeah. working hard, and fair play to her, but, you know, she... She can work well. She she's deserves. Got, she deserves better, to be honest. Yeah, oh, I like Sib. She she works her ass off for our, comp- our club over the years and uh, has been a big supporter of the away sporters. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be nice for her to get a nice little club shop to get her, her teeth into. She'd probably like that. But at the moment, we're stuck with what we've got, I suppose, aren't we? But yeah, yeah, nice for them to get some stock, I suppose. At least they can start selling some stuff there. So that's good. Um, and then I did have to point out to Brian, I was getting a bit annoyed with waiting and queuing to get out of the meadow. I did mention this pod a few weeks ago because during COVID, obviously, all of the undergrowth has grown back on the yeah. little ramp up to Super Blues Way, mm. and you're always queuing up there now. And I remember once upon a time, Pilch, you. Led, you led the charge to get Super Blues Way yeah. cut back, didn't you? And Can you sort me out? Um, <laughs> yeah, there was who, who was the chap in charge at the time? Was it Steve? Was it Steve, well beloved, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I put some photos up and he contacted me and he went, "Can I use them?" He says, and and he actually took them to somebody and he got he got some uh, work done, which yeah. was great. Yeah. But um, I mean, the problem I have at the moment is obviously the Super Blues Way itself. Is the bare minimum width we could get away with. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. But, and this season I noticed they put some lights on there at yep. night and, and they're great, but they're only for a quarter of it. <laughs> when you get to that tunnel, it's like pitch black. So well, like, they have yeah, proved that a little bit, yeah. I suppose. And didn't I know they? that's yeah. off the towns. It's not their choice, yeah. But they could still go out of their way and do something. There's a lot of things with once you get yeah. off our land that are a problem. There was a big chat at the supporters mm-hmm. panel meeting about this new road that's been built up the side of the ground yeah. and the chaos that's going to cause. So there was a big chat about whether we could look at a second access one day or how that's going to work. And I would imagine, well, my vibe was the club are not overly happy about how it's, how it's now been planned and what it's going to look like, but there was nothing the club could do about it in case anyone starts the moment it happens. It was yeah. already in the plan application from the early 2000s when they were going to do the sustainable urban extension, so you can't really blame the club for that, but yeah. it's going to cause access issues. Yeah. I think a second access is necessary now. Yeah, well, I, I remember back in the early days, there wasn't a gate on the Super Blues Way. Yeah. And I, I started up a bit of a debate about it, and uh, <laughs> I got shot down initially, but then a gate appeared, and... It's amazing how many people use it. And yeah. then we said, you need two gates. <laughs> and I just couldn't, I still can't understand why they did put two gates right next to each other. supposed to try and filter people by the way, aren't they? But yeah, it works all right, doesn't it? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I think getting rid of those queues on the way out would be good because as we get into the winter months, there's nothing worse than just standing no, in the cold. I mean, out, but... I mean that, that's the kind of thing that loses a few fans. They think, oh, I'm not Access is key, yeah. yeah. Now you get to the game yeah. is really important. So there we go. And just last couple of things, and it's something that I kind of got involved in and probably you'll hear a lot of on the podcast going forward, really, is a couple of things that you know we, we've got... 
I don't know, the permission to do, I suppose, or the club's backing to do. So one of those is to decorate the fan zone now. And, and I know they brought the, basically they've brought in the, the port cameras to the roof and there's a wall there. It looks a bit scracky. You know, Jamie Edwards and his community team are, are basically saying, look, we're done with our improvements to the fan zone now. I want the fans to decorate it, get it looking like what they want to do outside. And if you want, you know, famous quotes or famous teams and whatever, um, then get it done. So I think at some point there's going to be some some fundraising through the supporters parliament to raise maybe a, a couple hundred quid to buy some paint so we can do that. Yeah. So that would look a bit better. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask you about pilches i talked about this maybe two and a half years ago on the podcast because we started to do some initial work on it which was to set up an ex-players association so at the moment there is no ex-players association should be town a lot of clubs have them not everybody does but obviously the, the steve jagoka incident and, and other footballers that have had troubles occurring you know something like an ex-players association where you can find your old teammates you can make contact with people you can feel a little bit loved by the fans and the club again could be really important to players yeah. mental health and We've been asked, or we're basically having a meeting about it tomorrow, the first kind of guys trying to get on a working group about it, but that's the sort of thing we, we need for various reasons, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I work with uh, Colin Griffin. I don't know him that well. Yeah. And, I mean, I know no end of fans who'd love to even speak to him. Yeah. And yet, I can't really approach him and make him promises that I can't back up. So, yeah. you know, we need someone that can set out something and, uh, you right. know... Is exactly the problem is that there is no kind of formal mechanism for players to kind of register their interest with yeah. the football club to say I'm an ex-player you know and you know I played this many games or whatever we'll have, a, we'll have maybe a, a cut off at a certain amount but you know for players to know that they're, the football club's there for them and they can be there for the football club for various things yeah. as well that they might need down the line it, it's been ad hoc up until now I think something oh, yeah. a bit more formal that also gets players to get in contact with each other I think would be really useful so I'm going to ask you for Colin Griffin's number down the line no doubt when we start setting up databases yeah, it's, it's like I mean knowing Colin he'd probably tend to get lost but it's it's no good it's no good me approaching him promising him something and yeah. then going back and they're going no we don't want him it's like it. yeah it's it, you know we no one you know the, the thoughts are table in the sovereign club mm. you know these players come back as the yeah. VIP for the day that sort of thing and it's done on a rotation basis mm. and players can apply for it if they want it to yeah. so lots of things we could do about it that's why we've got a few meetings about it this week but just wanted fans to know really that stuff like that is kind of in the works really and this is the sort of thing that gets generated from the sports parliament you know yeah. redecorating the fan zone having something like an ex-players association which you know can work for the fans as well you might get to know players uh, players that can come and do Q&As and all sorts of things like that so it, it'd be I think, a bit of a win for the club and the fans and the pl- and the players really so yeah something that we'll be hearing a lot more about after we've we've started to set it up which should be good so yeah that was the sp meeting really good it was a cold cold monday night but a fair few people turned up so that was that was good um and you know brian did also pass on his best to ollie having the birth of his son yeah. so even though he's not here he got he got a mention which was nice um and there yeah, we go well done ollie <laughs> well done well done um but back to football quickly i suppose as we wrap this one up um yes we've got a busy week coming up pilch mm. we are away at wigan on wednesday who are either top or second yeah. um they're doing well and then away at doncaster um who we've had a couple of good results out over the years but you know, a t- on the back of a good run, this is still a tough run this week, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I I think at the moment, I mean, go you know, go back a couple of months, you'd be deciding how many we're going to lose by. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I would not be shocked now if we got to Wigan and came away with nil nil. Yeah, or even beat Doncaster. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. yeah I, I definitely think there's nothing more yeah. to be positive about, but um, it still it still looks tricky, and I think that you've got to capture your positivity about saying that. Back in my mind, there's a feeling that, yeah, we are getting through these games at the moment. We're getting good results with players out of positions and everybody battling yeah. against it. But sometimes it does feel like that only lasts for so long until the wheels come off again. And um, yeah. maybe this could be the week or maybe this could be the week we, we keep our good run going. But what, what, do you, what do you reckon? Wigan and Doncaster, what are you going to go for a prediction, um, Pilch? Well, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to go for an L for both. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not going to either them games now. <laughs> Screw that. Um, no, I'm going to go to Doncaster, but yeah, I might, I might have to give the Wigan game a, a miss if it's nil nil. Yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, I you know I'd be fine, wouldn't it? I'd keep a good run going. It keep us probably keep us above the the likes of Crew and those the guys down the bottom, wouldn't yeah. it? So yeah. I would take that probably nil nil. I hope not. I hope we score a few more goals. Yeah. But mind you, I, I think last time I went there to watch town, it was nil nil. It was <laughs> awful windy day. It was Boxing Day, I think. It was Boxing Day, yes. I remember that game. I went to that. It's funny, my kids are talking about Boxing Day. They're saying, Dad, are we going to Fleetwood on on Boxing Day this year? Are we going to Fleetwood? And I was like, I've already agreed to take a couple of the lads to it now. So they're they're a bit annoyed with me driving home today. Was was it another one of Tammy Abraham's bad days? (laughs) I think it was, yeah. There we go. Uh, Good stuff, Pilch. Well, there we go. Hopefully it's better than two nil-nil draws. But um, I I do want to say at the end of this podcast that Ollie will be back next week. But I don't actually 100% know at the moment. But he he definitely will be back at some point. So we wish him his best. But um, yeah, cheers for having a good debut, Pilch, on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. And as I say, either way, I'll be back next week to to talk about Wigan and Doncaster with... Or maybe another new guest, or someone that's been on before, and hopefully Ollie. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll be back soon. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, have a good week, and we'll catch you next Sunday.